Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. This is the vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. Um, and so this is the B part of something that I was preaching. I'll do the A this weekend. But the scripture says it'll come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house. How many of you know that the Lord's house is made up of people? And so if he said that the mountain of the Lord's house is supposed to be the highest above all others, that means that you're supposed to be living high above all other folk in the world. And so, uh, and the Lord, the Lord very much, there are physical mountains and hills, um, and there are spiritual mountains and hills. And uh, when, when it comes to uh, religious organizations, business organizations, you name it, nonprofits, schools, small businesses, um, different things like that. They are referred to in scripture as mountains and hills. And so larger organizations are usually referred to as mountains. Smaller organizations and businesses are usually referred to as hills. But regardless of what's big or small, the Bible says that we were supposed to be the biggest of all. So that means then as the world gets worse and worse, we're supposed to be getting better and better. As they go lower and lower, we're supposed to be going higher and higher. As they close their businesses, we'll be opening up ones. As they're selling their houses, we'll be buying them. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so, uh, and so the Lord gets glory um, promoting and prospering his people right in the midst of mess. You know, we've been talking about something that's possibly coming in a couple of years. One of the things that I would encourage you to do is to start setting aside money. You know, because uh, uh, when the Bible, I'm getting more of a revelation of what it means by the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Is that when when hard times come in, the sinners will lose. See, the Lord shows us what the future is so that we can save up for it. The sinner doesn't have the ability to see the future. So it just hits him and he loses things that we were saving up money for to buy. It's a lot of things that have happened like that in our midst. And so I'm encouraging you to do that. Just a little thing. You know, um, um, I should ask my wife, you know, but never mind. She gave me this crazy look on my face like she didn't even know where I was going. So I'm just, oh, Lord, just going back to uh, Isaiah. <laughs> she, went, she must have thought I was getting ready to say something crazy. I wasn't. Okay, so let's go on back to Isaiah chapter 2. All right, let's do Psalms chapter 24. It says, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence. O God of Jacob, and when it says interlude, it means that this is a psalm that was written to a song. And when you get to that part, it means take a break and just listen to the music. So that's what that interlude means. Okay, but this is the invisible mountain. You, uh, Jamal, see if you can jump to the top of those scriptures. I do want to read Acts chapter 17 at the very, very beginning. Just give me the thumbs up when you, oh yeah, I think I see it. Acts chapter 17, verse 11 through 12 says, and the people of Berea were more open-minded 
than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. Okay, uh, Notice the scripture says that they examined the scriptures daily to see whether those things were true. They didn't, ex they didn't search the scriptures to see if those things were not true. There's a difference. Okay, now he shared this. Let me see if I can find more evidence in scripture that goes along with this. Versus he said this, let me look for scriptures to prove it's not true. People are doing that all day long. You know, that's very dangerous to do against this place. You will not lose. You will not win that battle. And so, um, you know, there are things that um, uh, you have to have a certain type of mentality to receive. And uh, that's unfortunate. You know, I was listening. Well, you know what? I, I just wanted to throw that scripture in. Let's let's just keep on moving here. Okay. So, um, so this mountain, go back to Psalm 24. Um, this is an invisible mountain. The day you give your life to Christ, you start, you are placed at the base of this mountain. You are climbing it. As you move forward in life, you're also going up in life. The mountain has three stages. Um, it is invisible. But there are signs in your life that will happen to let you know that you have reached certain stages in what you're climbing. I'm going to repeat myself again. The Lord told Kenneth Hagin that most ministers never enter out of the first phase before they die. And so the problem with that is, is that a leader can't get to his second or third phase. How is he going to get you out of the first? They'll preach things like that, but they won't have the expertise, the wisdom and understanding and experience that comes along with helping people navigate through that second and third stage. Most don't get to the second. Hardly anyone gets to the third. Third is very difficult. Third, you can only get to the third once you become a dead man. You get to the third level um, based on if Jesus was running your ministry. It takes a mile, but it's worth the trip. You know, it's, hey. Um, and so, um, so there are three major stages to this mountain. There are also sub-stages. Three major ones. And so in Romans 12, 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Okay? So you see three things there. The acceptable will of God, the good will of God, and the perfect will of God. Okay? Always remember, good will be the enemy of acceptable. And perfect will be the enemy of both. And so, uh, because you will have to change your ways as you go from that. And so, you, you know, the first stage of the mountain is acceptable. Um, how many know the Bible says that when you live right, that's just your reasonable service? We think we're impressing God, we're living holy. He said, no, that's just acceptable. See, that's the first stage of the mountain. Okay. And so, and then you have the second stage, which is the, it's really, really good. You're doing really, really good. But the third stage, that's the one that's perfect. And, 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 and what did Jesus say? He said, be perfect because I am. How I many you know that's a goal to attain? <laughs> that's a goal to attain to. Okay, Matthew chapter 13, verse 23, King James. It says, but he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, which is perfect, some sixtyfold, which is good, and some 30-fold, which is acceptable. Those are the three stages of the mountain. In the first stage, it is acceptable. 
and you are at 30-fold. The second stage of the mountain is good. You are at 60-fold. The third stage of the mountain, you are perfect. That's why you are at 100-fold. I think they have a graphic, graphic up there that uh, shows acceptable, good, and perfect. And then 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Okay. And so y'all follow me so far. Okay. So um, I'm going to share with you um, um, a dream um, that I had recently. And you have to keep on praying about things because sometimes you can, you can get your interpretation can be completely off. Sometimes you can get aspects of it and still be off. And then you have to pray and keep on praying until it's absolutely clear. But, you know, since the ministry has started, you know, I'm just sharing a few things with you because uh, I was ready to go home after they got their word. I'm, 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 I'm good. I just, just some things so powerful. You don't even need a sermon. You know, I'll just do this a little bit here. Help you understand. You know, but the Lord is always because this, 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 their testimony and prophecy fits into this because um, there are certain stages that you get to and the Lord will use things and do things. Now, with me, the Lord has always, for some reason, used a bicycle, maybe because I love cycling. I don't know, but he used a bicycle. When we first started the ministry, uh, right when we were starting, the Lord gave me a dream, and I was a cyclist in my neighborhood, my old neighborhood. And um, and you know how cyclists all dress the same? Well, I, uh, I was over by myself um, taking a break or something, and I'm all suited up with the gear and all of that. And so a large group of cyclists came off the freeway that came off the freeway, and I was like, oh, cool, I want to ride with them because I'm a cyclist too. They looked over, and when they saw me, um, for some reason, they did not want me to ride with them. This is all prophetic, speaking about my life. They did not want me to ride with them, so they took off knowing that in the natural, um, it is not possible for a single rider to catch a group. The more cyclists that are in the group, the faster that the group can go. If you ever watch cycling on TV, there'll be a whole group and you'll see six or seven cyclists. They'll break away and it's a surprise attack and they're going, going, going. And the rest of the race is the big group hunting down that small group of seats. It's the most amazing thing to see because you just can't outrun the group. But in this particular dream, when they took off running, I got mad. That kind of represents me in the beginning of the ministry, too. <laughs> Lord knows how to get your attention, doesn't he? I got mad. I was like, you're not going to leave me. And so um, and so they took off. And in the natural, you, you got to be Superman. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to catch that many cyclists. But in the dream, they were going down one road, and I got on the other road. So, like, if they were on six mile, I was on seven mile or something. And they took off. And I got on that street and I just was riding with all my might. And I was moving at such a phenomenal rate of speed that in the dream I took notice of it. And I realized that I was um, catching the group, not only because I was pedaling, but there was a strong wind on my back. The strong wind on my back was giving me the ability to catch the results of the big group. That dream ended with me with me going here, shooting over to the right, then catching up with the group. And the dream faded as, as I was catching up with the group and I began to pass the last two riders at the edge of the group. And they were looking over like in total disbelief, how in the world did he catch us? And then the dream ended. That was a destiny dream. That was the Lord showing me 
this is where you're starting. There's going to be a large group of people, which is true. They don't want to be bothered with you. You will go this alone, but I'm telling you, you will eventually catch them because of the anointing that is with you. Okay. Now at the end of seven years, I never had a, I had a couple of other bicycle dreams, one concerning my wife. And then I'm just, I have, let me say this. And the second stage of the mountain, you got to climb slower because it's deeper and it's new and things have to be explained in detail. So, and, and it's not that, um, what the Lord does with you. I mean, what the Lord does with me, that's how I'll do it with you. But as a result of me explaining what he does with me, it will help you when he does what he does with you. Y'all got me. So at the end of seven years, um, I had another bicycle dream. And in this particular dream, I was riding a um, bicycle. And this one was like, you know, if I had 14, my, my, I shouldn't tell y'all this. Y'all been to raise a special offer to give me a bicycle. Um, but my, the, the, my real bike, which is the Lamborghini of bikes, it costs. It's, you can buy a brand, almost a brand new car with this. But in the dream, I had this type of bike. Uh, and this time, um, um, I was on this fancy bike. My, the type I would, never mind. <laughs> but what's something very strange is that I was in traffic catching up with large SUVs and cars and passing them. So, so, and this is, this will help you understand how the Lord can give you a dream today. You need to record it because part two of that dream might not happen for another 17 years. So that was like the next episode, okay, seven years. And so that uh, in the dream, the bicycle represents the ministry. Um, the reason why it was a bicycle and the reason, notice in the beginning, the bicycle was very, it was just a regular bicycle like everyone else's, okay? At the end of seven years, I get a dream, and this is a now a much fancier bicycle. Why? Because the ministry had developed over seven years. The, the reason why the bicycle had the ability to now keep up with cars is because cars also represent ministries, and the Lord was showing that this small ministry was now starting to keep pace and pass large ministries, Okay. And so, and the Lord shared things like that with you if you don't think now you're better than, you know, and all that type of stuff. So that was in the seven years. So a few weeks ago, maybe like two or three weeks ago, I had a dream. I think I slightly misinterpreted it. Well, not think, but I did. And I don't think I shared it with you. I think I shared it at the Sunday location. And so in this dream, it was the ending part of another dream. And so mind you, the Lord has revealed to me that we're in the second stage of the mountain. Um, and, and different things. He'll give more and more confirmation. So in this dream, I was standing there like in front of a party store and, and this, uh, you know, young black kid looked like he, you know, many a times if the Lord is uses an angel in the dream, uh, he'll look like a model. Okay. That's what I've always noticed. Um, so I don't know why I threw that in there, but you know, so it's just, you know, young man, real fit and everything. And he, he rolled up on this bicycle, but at this time, this bicycle was electric. It was an electric bicycle. And, and I can't explain to you, the only way to explain this feeling is it was as if that this is the type of bicycle that they ride in heaven. And because this is the type of bicycle they ride in heaven, it carried the presence of heaven. That's all. And, he, and he just rolled up real smooth like a Rolls Royce. And I was looking like, and in the dream, I knew no matter what it cost, I'm getting this. 
and the entire bicycle was white. And and this part is hazy because I don't remember if it, there was a, it was either the wheel or something on the bike, but I think the wheel or the wheels looked like uh, shoes. Um, and they were running shoes, but they were the coolest looking shoes I have ever seen. I remember saying in the dream, not only I got to get this bike, I got to get these shoes too. And and the shoes reminded me of Nike, but Nike ain't got nothing on these shoes. These were some shoes of all shoes. But when I came out of the dream, the, the, the scripture that I heard was how beautiful are the feet of them that share the gospel. And so, and so, because these were some shoes, these weren't no Sunday shoes. I mean, you would have, I mean, these were some shoes. I can't explain to you, you know how these dreams are, man. <laughs> these were some shoes. And so, uh, and so it was all white and it was electric. And, um, and I asked the individual and I said, man, I'm getting one of these. And, um, and the dream ended by me asking him, what's the name of the bike? He said, Solo. Solo. That was the name of the bike. So with me having money on my mind, I went into a misinterpretation, I think, of the dream. I asked my wife. I was like, man, I think the Lord gave me a business idea in the dream. <laughs> he talked about the church garnet. I'm thinking about money. So I'm on the internet looking up solo.com to see. I didn't came up with the interpretation that 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 either the Lord wants watch this. I told my, asked my wife if I told her this. I said it's probably that either the Lord wants me to uh, make a bicycle so we can become multimillionaires. And she said, "Yeah, Solo is a cool name for a bicycle." And then I said, "Or I said he wants us to buy the domain name and a company because because when you come out with a company, you know." You, you need that domain name and companies will spend up to a million dollars to get the domain name for you. So I said, the Lord wants us to get the domain name so that when they come out with the bicycle, they have to buy the domain name from us. Yes. I think that might have been the devil. Okay. It wasn't until I was actually talking with someone else that the interpretation just came and it scared me and that that, um, that bicycle represented um, the ministry at the next stage of the mountain. Hey, um, that's why I was electric, because at this stage, this stuff is powered by the Holy Ghost. Because at this stage, you're going to have to let it be powered by the Holy Ghost because you're on the stage of the mountain. You don't even know it's here. OK, and the reason now, now I'm now when the Holy Spirit said this, I instantly understood it because of what God told you. about. The reason why I was called solo is because on this stage, you all you are always by yourself. That's why he said it's so long. And the Lord told Bishop Oedipo, he said, I'm not going to have you go like others go. You're going to go down a different route alone. So it's not a coincidence that if he's supposed to go down that route alone, then, then the Lord will connect me to another man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's an example of, I mean, I really wish you could have seen this bicycle. I mean, it didn't even look like a bicycle. I mean, it just, it was a bicycle, but it didn't look like a bicycle. I sound really crazy right now. And y'all only understand it because this is how difficult it is for you to explain these crazy dreams that the Lord gives you. This thing was smooth. I mean, it rolled up like a Cadillac. And, and the presence of God was just all over the place. And I was like, oh, I'm getting this. Okay. And so, 
That represents the next. <laughs> I'm going to let Devon share his dream too. About two weeks ago, I had a dream, and it's in three sections. First section, I was in a swimming meet, like an Olympic-style meet, and it came in second. When that ended, started in another meet, and uh, came over the announcement, those that did not win in the first meet, you now have an opportunity to race again. I said, okay, good. Just before I started, Janet Jackson walked up. And she walked up and she had a look on, on her face like, I need to get this, I need this. And I said to her, out of the goodness of my heart, I will let you go. Got out, she got in, then I get into the next phase of the dream. This phase, I was at a table and I had a backpack that I used to take to uh, work with me and I work at FedEx and inside there was there, there was a lot of tools. There were screws, bolts, nuts, all these things in it. And I was looking in it, and a gentleman that I bowl with came up to me and says, uh, are you going to use all those tools? And I said to him, I says, no, I no longer work for FedEx. I'm doing something new now. But then I looked in the bag, and there was three things that I took out. A utility knife, a screwdriver, and the, the blades for the, for, for the utility knife. And the, the blades were so, they were so shiny and, and brand new, I couldn't figure out, wow, this is really new. And as I started to open the utility knife, the dream ended. As I woke up, the dream started to fade. And I, was, I laid there and, I, and in my mind I said, okay, I gotta just, calm down and start going back to, to recall the dream. And as I was in the process of recalling the dream, the Holy Spirit said to me, you have now entered the 60-fold. And you know, at that moment, there were two emotions, exhilaration and then, oh no. The reason being because you're excited of what you are, but now you are in a different level. Uh, we, we, you know, we always say, oh, I'm ready to, to do this. I'm ready to be. Until you get in the situation, then you know things has to change. And what the host was saying to me, whatever you're doing, you got to tighten it up. And when you enter, th this is where this ministry is in this phase. Everybody in here, whatever you're doing, you got to tighten it up. Because now you're in a place that you've never been before. You're going to be doing things that you've never done before. The Lord is requiring things that he's never required of you before because you're never in that place for him to require you. So now's the time that we need as a body to so, be so tight that they will look at us and say, who are you? And you want to remind me of, can I continue? Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me of, of when, when David went to his brothers when they, when they were at war with Saul and the Philistine. And when David came and heard what the Phil, Goliath said, and, he, and David said, who is this person that is defying the armies of the living God? Not of God, of the living God. Because the Philistine, they had their gods. But the hard part was what his, his brother said to him. 
Who are you? Notice, when Goliath came out, the scripture says they all ran in fear. They did their own um, shelter in place. But David said, who is this that defies the army of the living God? And his brother said, I know your heart that you are conceited and you're proud. But you see, what, what, he, what, what that reminds me of is we as the lions in the body of Christ know who we are, know who we serve. And because we know it and we stand in what we, we know, all the others has been around think they know so much is going to think you're conceited. But it's not that. It is the power of Almighty God that's inside of you. That you know, because he said, I know what God did for me with the bears and the lions. They have nothing to show, but I know what God has done and what he can do and what he will do. Because this day, David said, your flesh will be fed to the birds of the air. And we are in the place that God is saying to us. Stand up and be who you said, I say that you are. Not who you might think you are, but who you really are. To them that has accepted him, to, he has given the authority to become. To become. What are you becoming? When you get to this next level, you begin to see. Because now you have a different perspective. You have a perspective that others that have tried to climb the mountain but have not paid the price to see what God has for you and what your eyes can see, what your ears can hear, others will not see or hear because you're at a different level. Hold on one second. Because I might have him add more of the interpretation of the dream because, um, you know, David, David was on that 30 fold and he went to 60 fold after he killed Goliath. Because right before, you know, the, the Lord, it, it works this way. You, you're led up until that point. And then before you cross that threshold, you have to fa face a major battle or a major test. To see if you're worthy to go to that next level. Because the next level requires you to get more out of fear. It requires you to be more bold, be more sensitive. And so, okay, you, you're getting ready to go. We, we brought you to the edge, but it's one final test that you got to pay. And that and is usually the test of obedience. Will you do something that other folk say is crazy? So that, that's wonderful, David, that you've been slaying wonderful tigers and bears and all them coyotes in the background and that's good and that's noble um but this is a different monster because this one thinks different than animals and so um i'm gonna i'm gonna seemingly by coincidence when you go back and read the story you know how david entered there david didn't get a word from god he said his daddy said go take some food to your brothers in the war and come back and let me know how the war is going and sometimes seemingly that's just how how just casually you enter into the next level like that. And so he showed up and he had to make a decision. Do I go with the crowd or do I go, go with what I know God is telling me to do? 
Do I go with the crowd and their fear? Because after all, these are all of the experts, you know, and, and we don't want to put our lives at risk to handle this great big old monster that's shouting at us. And David just thought it was common sense for him to slay this thing. But that was his test. And because he passed that, if he hadn't passed that test, he wouldn't become king. He wouldn't become king. Okay, he wouldn't have. He would have went right back to staying a 10 on that lower level. He would have still had the ability to kill lions. He would have still had the ability to kill wolves. But he would have walked away from his destiny because he could not pass. It could be an obedience test. It can be a financial test. Or it can be a um, a uh, power test. Who knows what it is? Faithfulness test. It'll be a test. And then I'll say, okay. And, and wait a minute. And the Lord already knows if you're going to pass it. He needs you to know that you pass the test. You, you got to know. He already knows what you're going to do. But it's, it's important for you to know, because if you don't know where you are, you'll have a hard time going further. Ain't no such thing as you, you know, the GPS first has to locate where you are before it sends you to the correct destination. Okay. So, so I, I don't know if we should share with them the other parts. You think we should wait or would you? Yeah, we can't be. I shouldn't have had that conversation. Well, well, let's move. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll share. I'll share. <laughs> I'll share. All right. um, this past Monday, I was in prayer, and not not even thinking of the dream, the Lord started to minister to me of what the three different parts of the dream was. First part was the ministry that I was in back in the early '80s, and coming in second place was I was the the first assistant pastor of that church. And when that ended, I, the, the second part of the, of the dream was I was now in my, the former ministry I was in before. The day, the day we were supposed to, Violet and I were supposed to, to be brought before the congregation to say, okay, these are now ministers in, in, the, in the church that if you have uh, financial uh, issues and need help in that area, that you can come to them. That day, Something happened, and the ministry split. And the thing is, when I, when I mentioned it to Pastor and Janet Jackson, he said, the first thing popped to his mind was the control. <laughs> That's why Janet Jackson was used. <laughs> See, you got you to, gotta, God is crazy with his thinking, man. Because when that happened to Devon and Violet, it was all about control. It wasn't about qualifications. They were more than qualified. But but there was a very controlling ministry that we don't care who you are. We don't care how faithful you're being. Um, no, boom. And then all of that stuff, that whole situation happened simply because of control. So that's the reason why Janet Jackson was used. Because that's what that's the one song she's known for is control. That's the Holy Spirit showed it to me. Control. I just. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm sorry. And then this, this third part is concerning this ministry where I came in. I was uh, I did whatever was necessary to to be a part. And then God has elevated me now to be one that with the with the utility knife and the screws and and the blade and the blade was steel. And steel is the most important element in engineering and construction. Everything that's been built, it uses steel and it's strong. And so he's it, saying to me that in this 
new area that you're in, you're like steel. You're strong, you're going to stay, and you're important. And as important, you're able to, to use a utility knife to do things and get things right. That's some powerful stuff. New, new blades given for that new level. I mean, it's, you know, so, you know, we're getting there to see how God is speaking to us and how he engages our intellect. And he uses things that you are familiar with and even things that make you like, you have to be very, God will use movie stars and people like that in your dreams a lot. You're like, what in the world is she doing up in, what in the world? And you got to really think. He, she's up in there thinking about some songs, all of those things. So how many of you know that's some powerful stuff? Okay. So these are things that are happening to confirm that we're in the second stage. Okay. And then this one is just a warning. I'll talk about the vision. Let's look at first Corinthians. Well, I'll just share the vision. I sure hope that's not that sound going to be in the recording. Um, so and I'll be uh, I'll give the more vague version of it. But Lisa had a very, very strong experience. Um, I'm assuming it's OK to share. Not details, of course, but I always got to double check. <laughs> She'll call me on the bad phone. Uh, hey, something crazy happened. I just came from Jesus house and uh, he told me to tell you this. So I had to double check because Jesus might have told her something that wasn't for public consumption. And so uh, but getting right to the point, she had a very, very powerful experience of vision. And, and in it, the Lord was giving a stiff warning. Um, now, unfortunately, um, she was shown four faces. Three of them um, was just simple fact. He just said judgment is getting ready to hit these three people, period. Um, there are individuals that have been here. Um, I don't necessarily go here or anything like that. But she was shown three faces. And, and let me say this. You have to be careful with judgment because we tend to think the most extreme thing Um you know, judgment is never, it's, it's, it's God using a negative thing to try to produce a positive thing. And that can come in all of its different varying forms and all of its varying degrees. And so, no, it's nobody in here in case you wonder, like one of the disciples, is it me, Lord, going to betray you? No. So it's shown those three faces. And then one face, though, that was shown wasn't judgment. It was a warning. And, and for me, this warning um, I felt as though this person is doing that, but it was a warning for everybody because there are some, there are some arenas. Y'all, let me say this. You have to be very, very, very careful. When God has found a person or a group that really is trying to search for him, when he has found a group that when he brings people into their midst, they really can be changed. They really can be set free. They really can be delivered. When he brings people into our group and they get saved and they rededicate their lives to Christ and they get filled with the Holy Spirit and, and you begin to turn some of the most dark lives around, God will protect that sucker. And yet the one thing that you always have to remember, you know, by nature, most people gossip. Most people do just by nature. I gossip, wife gossip, everybody gossip, you know, um, and so. You know, as you grow, you learn how to do that less and less and less and less and less. I pretty much don't judge anything now, you know, pretty much, you know, but but that's what it was. And, th and this had to do with, as Sanford and his son would say, running her double breasted lips. Sorry, that would be on Esther. I misquoted the person. And so uh, 
And so you're going to have to really get a handle on that because um, um, you may not like certain things sometimes. You may not even like some of my decisions. You may not even like my sermons sometimes. But it's just best for you to be quiet because there are things that uh, are now going on with this ministry that you'll find yourself fighting against God because he really is in control. And so uh, let's just read this passage of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 through 12. My dear fellow believers, you need to understand that all of our Jewish ancestors who walked through a wilderness long ago were under the glory cloud and passed through the waters of the sea on both sides. They were all baptized into the cloud of glory, into the fellowship of Moses and into the sea. They all ate the same heavenly manna and drank water from that same spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ himself. <laughs> That's a whole separate deep. Y'all remember that water that came out of that rock? Yeah, the Bible says that rock was Jesus. Yet God was not pleased with most of them. And their dead bodies were scattered around the wilderness. Now, all of these things serve as types and pictures for us. Lessons that teach us not to fail in the same way by callously craving, craving worthless things and practicing idolatry, idolatry, things you put ahead of God, as some of them did. For it is written, the people settled into their unrestrained revelry with feasting and drinking, and then they rose up and became wildly out of control. Neither should we commit sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is any type of sex outside of a husband and a wife that were born that way. Neither should we commit sexual immorality if some of them did, which caused the death of 23,000 on a single day. Nor should we ever provoke the Lord as some of them did by putting him to outrageous test that resulted in their death from snake bites day after day. And we must not embrace their ways by complaining and grumbling with discontent as many of them did and were killed by the destroyer. All the tests they endured on their way through the wilderness are a symbolic picture, an example that provides us with a warning so that we can learn through what they experienced. For we live in a time when the purpose of all the ages past is now completing its goal within us so beware if you think it could never happen to you lest your pride becomes your downfall okay so you know we're just encouraging you you know this is not a game and unfortunately a lot of people are used to just being part of churches you know these things are not taught church is pretty much going in circles you know and and that's unfortunate you know like the children of israel but when you do have a real ministry that climbs god will warn you he said uh-uh you can't do that here can't do that here because the enemy will be now we ain't talking about something like you know the husband and wife driving home man seemed like pastor Oth was angry today you know we're not talking about stuff like that man that message was crazy Ooh, did you see him you know boom, boom, boom. we're not talking about we're talking about gossip and complaining and you know i don't think you know what he's doing i don't think he called people say that about me all the time you know and people don't like for me to say this you all but you know the lord had to remind me that every single last person that i warned um in the beginning that didn't listen, um, that either cannot be found or they are not in the ministry today. Um, you have to be very careful what you fight against because how many of you know that 
seemingly God is still working with you. I mean, you know, but you still got some ways that are crazy and some things that you still haven't got on top of. And so God is like, well, I'm still working with you. And, and, and now, you know what I'm saying? And you got to be careful. They got all these slogans out here. You know that when you got your finger pointed at somebody, you got three pointed back at you. You know, some people say you're not qualified to judge somebody unless you've done the same thing. You have to be careful with that one, <laughs> you know, but I'm just encouraging you um, um, uh, with that because this stage of the mountain is new and it's 60 fold. And we only got here because we pleased the Lord at 30 fold. And so you have to stop that. And because and, 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 let me say something is that at this stage, the Lord will expose now, sometimes he'll just expose things to me just so I can know. You'd be surprised what the Lord and Holy Spirit will tell me sometimes. You know, it's like, I don't even want to know that, man. If they just talking, just let them talk. You're like, no, they need to shut up. And so I'm just like, oh, you know. And so, but you don't want to get over into when the Lord starts showing faces. When the Lord starts showing faces, you know, and, and Lisa shared, she said, look, she says, I've seen this before. And she said, every time it happened like this before, she said, that just became fast. And so because sometimes you in a, you're in a you're in a frequency and you don't know of what spirit you are of, you know. And so, you know, here's the thing, you know, I mean, we can all judge ourselves that particular way. But usually the folk that need it the most are the ones that don't come. But they'll still be held accountable. But some of them listen to the media page like they're doing now and they judge and throw rocks from afar and all of that type of stuff. So Matthew chapter 13 is get ready to close this down. He replied, you're permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. How many know we have been at least trying to listen? And because we have been trying to listen and we have not been perfect, but how many know if you have been here any length of time, you will know that there are things that we have humbled ourselves on and rebuked ourselves on. There are things that we have learned and made mistakes on and we just keep on climbing, climbing, climbing. And God is pleased with like, like Denzel Washington said in that movie, he said, it's not about perfection, it's about progress. And God will keep on working with people that's making progress. Why? To him who has, more shall be given. Mark chapter four. Verse 24. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Hey, he didn't say you will lose it. He said it will be taken away. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so. You know, I'm really excited to be at this stage. You know, it's going to be very interesting. This stage here is going to be one by which we're going to become more world known. I've had people reaching out to us from other countries, other states, you just name it. People headed here. I just wanted to share this with you for you to be open-minded because on this stage, um, Jesus made a statement. He said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to others it is not. And so, whereas everyone is human, not all human minds are on the same level. We have entered a stage by which God will begin to reveal us unto us things that most of the world, particularly in the church, does not know. And some of these things will seem strange to them. And so, let me just give you one example as I close. Y'all ready to go dive deep for a second? This only should only take about five minutes. Okay, because you, you, I'm going to have to just hold you underwater for as long as you can hold it and then let you up before you die. Here's an example 
Now, the Lord revealed this to me and said, this is an example of the things that you are. I will, because at this second stage of the mountain, almost all of the questions that you had at the previous stage are answered in this stage. Okay. And so this is a personal question that I had. And then right before we came to church, the Lord confirmed it. Second Kings 2, 5 through 12. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elijah said, but be quiet about it. Stop talking about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. In other words, you better stay in the spot that the Lord told you to stay to until he told you to leave. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided and the two of them went across on dry land. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away since you stayed at your post to the last minute. And Elijah replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. See, how you get a double portion of somebody's spirit is by you being with them to the end, not going to some special meeting with some prophet or prophetess and giving them an offering. And they smack you down with grease and knock you down on the floor. And now you got a double portion. It's a double portion of stupidity. That's what that is. Even the sinners know you got to pay a price for something. I don't even know what verse in. Oh, let me have a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You've asked a difficult thing. Now, a man has been there for his entire life with this man, and it's still difficult. That's why this instruction came. If you see me when I'm taken from you, in other words, even though you have been faithful up until this moment, if you're not faithful for the next 10 minutes, it won't happen. You got to be here when I'm taken from you. Then you'll get your request. But if not, then you won't. It's crazy. As they were walking, because the things of God are expensive, not cheap. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elijah tore his clothes in distress. He, wouldn't, he didn't want his master to die. Some people, they're waiting on you to die so you can preach. It's serious. <laughs> this is one point. I mean, no, there are certain people in scripture that they did not die. They were snatched off the planet. Okay, let's read something for a moment here. Malachi chapter 4. Verse 5 through 6, after Elijah is dead, you hear a strange statement. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah. It didn't say the spirit. It said, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah. It didn't say the spirit of Elijah. I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. So we know Elijah was taken out the planet. And then there was a promise that I would send the prophet Elijah. Y'all with me? Now let's look at what Jesus said. Matthew eleven ten through 15. John the Baptist is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. 
And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets and the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. Here Jesus is getting ready to rock your religious mind. That's why he says this statement right here. And if you are willing to accept this deep statement, John the Baptist is Elijah. The one the prophet said would come. And then he adds this. Anyone with ears to hear, let him hear. Whenever you see that term in the Bible, that's Jesus telling you, I just shared something with you that is very non-religious and deeper than the ocean. And most people will be too religious to receive it. So let's read that B part again. That's why he made the statement. He said, now what I'm getting ready to say is crazy. But if you are willing to accept what I say, John the Baptist is Elijah. The one the prophet said would come. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Okay. Now, let me help you understand this. See, these are the things in the second stage of the mountain. When you get revelations like this, it ties into other stuff and it expands your capacity to handle deep stuff so that you can go higher and deeper and wider. Okay, there is a difference between the spirit of the man versus the physical man. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, it's not a coincidence that Elijah was snatched off the planet and he never did die. It's appointed on a man once to die and then the judgment. Okay, so so what you will find in scripture is that um, um, well, I'll, let's read the rest of it and then I'll explain it. Let's go back to Jesus for a moment. So we'll see that Jesus did this and then, oh, I'm almost done. Y'all ain't going to be here all night. She said, I'm fine. Jonathan, John, Jonathan, John 17, 4. This is Jesus. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory that we shared before the world started. Okay, scripture makes it clear that Jesus was his new physical name not his spiritual name. That was the name assigned to his physical body. Even a lot of the demons that we cast out will not call him Jesus. They call him the son of light. Matthew 1.20. So how many know Jesus existed before he came to earth in physical form? I want y'all to think. Let's read this. Matthew 1.20. As he considered this, this is Mary's. What do you call somebody you're not married to, which you but marry? Fiance. <laughs> As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He didn't say his name is Jesus. He said, name him that. And in Revelation 3.12, I mean, oh, Jesus came to earth. He died, went back to heaven. Revelation 3.12 says, all who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. So when you get to heaven, you ain't going to be calling him Jesus. He got a different name. Okay? Now, I want you to think about this for a second because we think religiously. 
Jesus is a living being, a God that has existed for eternity. We don't even know what that means. That's another day. They hatch a plan to create gods just like them. And then the firstborn son messes up. And then the father says, all right, well, we talked about this, what we would need to do if this happened. So Jesus, are you ready? Yes, your will be done. And then in heaven, they shrunk Jesus to the size of a molecule and he lost his identity and placed him in the womb of a woman. <laughs> that is deep. I want you to think about that. Shrunk Jesus, he lost himself. He was still a spirit, but he looked and they placed him on the inside of a womb of a woman. And that's why the Bible says later on that Jesus found himself in scripture. He had, he had to find out who he was. Okay. And so many Jewish rabbis say, and the lady called to heaven said that from the time that Jesus was, um, could just even talk, they were catching him up to heaven to reveal to him who he was because he didn't know who he was. He just thought he was a kid. And so from the time that he could communicate, he was already having visions and he was already being caught up to heaven as a child. Some of your children been caught up in that vision and dreams. And Jesus wasn't. He's perfect. And he can't mess this up. They had to do that early because if he messed this up, everything is messed up. So they made sure that they caught that boy up to heaven as a child and said, this is who you are. Oh, OK. You had to find out who he already was. OK. And so you know what he did. He died. Now he's in heaven and he, he laid down that physical body, you know, and now he's in heaven with a new name. Okay. So now anything that God has the ability to do, this is where religion is going to jump off the train and jump off the airplane without a parachute. God gives you the ability to do. So there are men that you read in the Old Testament that have come back as other men in the new. Their spirits came back in a different physical body. Jesus has told you, John the Baptist is Elijah. What do you mean? It's the same spirit in a different physical body with a different name. Okay? Terry looking like, Lord, have mercy. Jesus, I got to read the Bible more. Matthew 17, I think this is the last one. Then I'll put it all together. Okay? So, you have Elijah, who was snatched out the planet, Right? Okay, we don't know what happened to his physical body, but then the spirit of Elijah, if Jesus could be reduced down and put into a physical body, it means Elijah could be reduced down and put in a different physical body, and they call that physical body John the Baptist. And Jesus said, but it's actually Elijah. Then when Elijah died, he came back again. <laughs> Matthew 17. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up into a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed into who he really was so that his face shined like the sun and his clothes became white as light. This man just transformed right in front of them. Suddenly who Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. And Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters out of one world. It was one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. Even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. This is deep. They didn't catch Jesus up to heaven. They sent Moses and Elijah down here to talk to him. 
that realm is way beyond your little pea brain folk. Jesus replied, verse 10, the disciples said, while the teachers of religious law in verse 10 insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes. Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. But I actually tell you, he already came. He just wasn't recognized. And they chose to abuse him. And in the same way, they're going to also make me suffer. That's why John the Baptist was abusing his head cut off. Then watch this. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. <laughs> they look it up here like, I need to get saved. Can we have a come to Jesus altar call moment? I see what I'm saying. See, this is what I mean by when folks say they know God, really? You know him, huh? Okay. Now, I want to get over into a deep tube too deep because then they'll start pulling me into a river and then I'll drown. That's why nobody knows who Melchizedek is. Y'all remember about Melchizedek? Without father, without mother, didn't have a beginning, didn't have an end. Who is this man? Showed up just like Obama. Didn't nobody know who Obama was before he ran for president. Where did this black man come from? Where he been hiding? <laughs> I didn't know who Obama was when that man ran for office. So how was this dude? See? So there are individuals that certain things happened a particular way. And we don't quite understand them. Don't you remember? It says Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. Then you find another scripture and it says that the devil and an angel were arguing about the body of Moses. But we don't know what that means. But it's in there because he wanted us to understand. But when you have become a religious church that is closed-minded, the Bible says there was a group of people we read earlier called the Bereans. It says they weren't closed-minded when it came to the things of God. They would just keep on studying because they recognize God as a whole lot bigger than what we think. Okay? So you see Melchizedek. That's one of the So Enoch. That's another one. Okay? See, these things, here's the, here's the deep. Well, I don't want to go too deep on y'all. Okay? But so, so just to let you know, there are men that are walking around the planet right now that are from that era. With assignments. This gets over into predestination, ordained to be. I mean, it just gets into all different type of stuff. And so the church doesn't know this, and so we just try to struggle to hold on <laughs> and keep the lights on during the coronavirus. <laughs> this stuff is beyond domination. This is the kingdom of God. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, you know, I'll read this statement. These are not scriptures. I'll just read it and we'll close because we're at the beginning of this next stage. I wrote these down. There is much more to know beyond the physical system of reality that we know. There is much more to know beyond what you can see and hear. Certain kinds of mysteries are not to be unveiled to everyone because not all humans are on the same level. A majority of the body of Christ has refused to grow. It is good to be a child, but it is bad to remain one. Most in the body of Christ are chewing on food that has already been chewed. 
Bible says that it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to others it is not given because it is mockery to give a blind man a mirror. When you were in kindergarten, maybe you heard your teacher tell you about airplanes and because of the smallness of your mind, you actually thought your teacher was an expert on planes. <clears throat> but your teacher may have not even been on a plane. She just seemed like an expert because she had a little bit more information than you did. That's the definition of religion. We think we know all there is to know because of what the preacher said. <laughs> and sometimes what the preacher said, he ain't even walking in himself. When we stand before the Lord, eh, uh, they're not, they're not going to call me Reverend Apostle. All the stuff people call me Reverend Apostle. They might not call me nothing. That angel might hand me some tissue and say, hey, your turn next, dog. Is this on? I'll be praying for you because God I don't care. That's men to try to exalt men above each other. We all men and women. We all children of God. I mean, uh, Devon might be the assistant pastor, but on the other side, he might be a king and I might be a servant. Because it's not based on what you did. It's based on your actions and what you walk in, your love walking, your character. That's why you can be a person to push brooms and be sitting right on the throne next to Jesus. I don't teach that. When you were a child in school, you learned addition and subtraction. And you may have thought the teacher was an expert on math, yet that same teacher could not share with you the algorithm needed to get a spaceship into outer space. That's religion. You think everybody knows stuff, when actually nobody knows anything. And because you know less than what they do, you think that they know a lot. When no matter whose presence you are in, they're still a dummy. I'm dead serious. When you hear, man, look, y'all know how much respect I have for my spiritual dad. He would be the first one to tell you. He said, I'm a little man that knows just a little bit. And he said, my little bit, with your little bit, and your little bit, and your little bit, and your little bit. He said, all makes a little bit. <laughs> because that man is definitely way up the mountain. He on the second stage. And the more pride you have, the more you, you usually can't even get to the second stage with pride. Okay, but what little pride you do have, it starts getting squashed. It's always harder to breathe the higher you go up the mountain. It's always harder to breathe. Okay, and so you know, unfortunately, that's what it is. Religion is like a toy. You know, it is. You give a kid an airplane about this size, and two-year-old child, he plays with that toys, and in his mind, that toy, that airplane is real. If you offer him a real plane, he goes with the toy. You know why? Because he's a child. And that's what most of the broader air Christ is right now. Just children playing with religious toys. They ain't interested in the deeper because it's so big. I'd rather just play with this little plastic thing and pretend. I ain't interested in figuring out how to get on a real plane and fly to friendly skies. I just play with this toy. And so that's why the majority. And then watch this. Talk about the ones who get on the plane. What you start a business for? Don't you see this economy? What this economy got to do with business? Folks still got to eat. They still got to buy. They still got to sleep. They still got to fly. And they still got to ride. It's always going to be somebody that talks you out of that. You know why? I mean, it's just a simple, not even scientific, just a simple, natural fact. Okay? If I stand on the ground and you're standing on top of the building, you can see downtown. I can only see across the street. And so if I see some particular something coming my way, it's going to be real hard for the person that's on the lower level to believe what you say because they're on the lower level. 
And some folk just don't, don't like. Some folk don't like to be told anything that they don't already know. So that's going to be a real problem for this ministry moving forward is because we're going to be sharing things that other people don't know. When actually it won't be because we're smart. It's just simply because we're standing in a higher place. That it took a measure of difficulty to climb. And so don't be mad at me if y'all don't want to humble yourself the same way. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, so y'all good. See, so these and see at the second level, those things will be shared. And then, and then when you get that principle, you mean to tell me that the spirit that is in John the Baptist is the same spirit that was in Elijah's body? Mm-hmm. Same dude. And the same dude that came down and talked to you? Yeah. Because when you read the Bible carefully, it said Jesus always had the ability to change his form. Always. And then the Bible gets into deeper stuff that goes in, your, goes in one ear and out the other. And it says, yeah, that rock that was following him, yeah, that was Jesus in the form of a rock. This is what you say. Oh, yeah, that was just him symbolically. No. That's the reason why God told Moses, why are you praying to me? He said, use the rod because he had reduced himself to a rod. That ain't religious. When God tells you to stop praying, Mozart, just use what I gave you because that's what I'm in right now. And that's what I mean. They, religion knows nothing about God. They don't, they don't know nothing about him. They just know that he sent his son, died for our sins. And that's the most important thing. But it was supposed to be a whole adventure after that. You know, and so, you know, we're going to be getting over into these things. But these things expand your mind. And then it helps you read the Bible differently. And when you read it differently, you see stuff you never saw before. So you can have experiences that you never had before. So you can have happiness, joy, and prosperity that you've never even dreamed of before. And, and and that's what it is. And so you you see these things in the Bible, Enoch and, and Elijah, these men being snatched off the planet and, and coming back. And 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 um, can, I'm going to just throw one more on y'all. This is the benediction. Now, now this right here, we're going to the bottom of the ocean. Or, or, matter of fact, we might go through the ocean floor over into the lava part on this one. Y'all know what I'm saying? Do y'all remember that strange statement? One of the disciples asked Jesus, I can't remember it exactly, but some of you remember. One of the disciples asked Jesus a question about, um, he asked him a question, and Jesus said, what that, what, that ain't none of your business. And then he made a strange statement. What if I wanted him to just stay down here and live forever? Y'all remember that statement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sadhu brought that out. Man that's in a cave right now, we ain't never died. <laughs> interceding all day and the spirit keeping that physical man alive frail but alive but it's a Buddhist boy that did that can't remember his name some of y'all might if you remember shout it out but uh, I think they call him the Buddhist boy Buddha boy yeah look him up okay um, went and sat by a tree and then eat, didn't eat or drink water for something like three months and they can't find the boy now because news cameras start showing up. They say, oh, this has got to be a fluke. But then they realize this is not a lie. He got over into the spiritual realm. And the, the Bible said the spirit of a man can sustain his physical infirmity. This is spirit can sustain. Bob, watch this. I'll leave it here. Bible says all things are possible to them. You don't believe that, though. You just say it's all things common sense. But that scripture was written 
based on God, not on you. And if he says all things are possible to them that believe, then that means all things are possible to them that believe. Again, we are working with an eternal kingdom that has zero limitations and is doing nothing religiously. There is nothing religious about the kingdom of God. It's just the men have made it that way based on their religious and limited mind. And religion is always about control. Christianity is always about freedom within events. That's why Jesus said, whom the son says free, it's free indeed. Lord, we saw these men casting out demons in your name, but he didn't go to our Bible school, so we told him to stop. Religion. Would you listen to what freedom said. Why are you telling him to stop? Y'all with me every day and can't even get it done. And this man learned it on his own. Are you trying to stop him? <laughs> so, whatever. So, y'all ready for this climb? It's going to be a wonderful climb. So, again, the Lord send us through 30-fold. Then you pass a test. We are now at 60-fold. And what you will now see is things will begin to explode because now that we are at 60-fold successfully, we know how to get the new people through 30-fold. So the Lord can trust us to get the people through 30-fold while we're learning how to get through the 60-fold. And the 60-fold requires much more humility. So it'll be easy for us to just keep on leading them and leading them and leading them. So it'll be wonderful. So let's go ahead and stand. Wonderful night, wonderful night, wonderful night.